Hello, I'm Neil Whelan and welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast. This time out, Laura White talks to Laura Hannan from the BDA Benevolent Fund, who explains all about the good work they do to support dental professionals generally, and for this episode, dental students in particular. The BDA Benevolent Fund recently carried out a survey for dental students, and the two Lauras here delve into it to discuss the findings. This was recorded at the Dentistry Show, so if you do hear some background noise and people coming and going, that'll be why. Anyway, they tell the tale a lot better than I can, so I'll hand you straight over to them, with the first voice you hear being Laura White. Hello Laura, thank you for joining us today. It's great to have you on the Wesleyan podcast and to find out a bit more about the work that's going on at the BDA Benevolent Fund. Hello and thank you for having me. Can you just start us off with um, an introduction from yourself and how the charity supports dental students? Um, So I'm Laura, I manage the charity for dentists, um, also known as the BJ Benevolent Fund. So we are a charity that's been in existence since 1883 and we've been helping dental students, dentists and their families through hardship. That usually looks like financial support, so we give grant funding to people when they're at some kind of crossroads or in difficulties of some kind. But also, um, in the last few years, we've expanded that support to offer more well-being advice and information and support through uh, access to counselling, through uh, an app and a, a well-being hub so they can download kind of webinars or tools and tips that they can get to support and improve their well-being. That's amazing. Uh, so today we're kind of actually focusing on a particular survey that you've done recently for dental students across the UK, aren't we? So could you just give us a brief rundown of the kind of key findings and why the survey was carried out? We had an increased number of applications in the last couple of years from students. And um, in 2021, we had 55% of our applicants coming from students um, versus roughly kind of 40-45% of dentists, which is the first time it's ever happened. So we knew that there were issues and that students were coming to us um, and we wanted to get a great understanding about what that looked like for dentists as a whole. So we commissioned um, a survey working with a company called Icarus to learn more about dental students and their wellbeing and financial needs. We felt that we were in a good position to do that because that hadn't been done before. Um, So not only would the profession learn more about this group of people, but um, as an independent organisation, we could then use that information to improve access to our services or learn more about what the issues are and how that relates to the support that they're getting from us or not. The questionnaire was sent out October, November last year. And in March, we published the results, which are available on our website. Um, some of the key findings are that 74% of students said that they had issues with their finances. Um, 56% of students said that they need to work part time. Uh, whilst they were um, studying, which we were, we had an, an awareness of, but not necessarily to kind of to that extent. Um, COVID increased financial needs 55% amongst students that we surveyed, and 51% said that although they had issues with their finance, they hadn't accessed support, which is quite concerning. Um, and we were aware that there were certain kind of atypical students in that there were a group of people, international students, mature students, people of caring responsibilities, those that are doing a second degree, that are more prone to need support from extra sources because the situations that they're facing and the kind of the survey results suggested that, that was a wider group. So it wasn't just people coming to us and, and we were kind of anomaly, it was a wider pattern of behaviour that was existing across all different universities. 
Okay, so that's really worrying, isn't it? So in terms of those kind of financial difficulties, what support is available to students in financial distress um, and what needs to kind of happen to better support them in the future? So the support um, is firstly available through us, so we help them with money. Um, and that's usually done by an application process, which is open available on our website. Um, as part of that, we go through kind of a budget check uh, with them. So they have to annotate what income they get, what the outgoings are, and that allows me to have a conversation to support them maybe because things are higher or lower and we're worried about that or we um, we need to make sh- have to set those conversations. Um, we would always suggest that people, if they haven't already, have approached their universities who have a hardship fund. That might be a department one or might be an open access uh, wider university one. We have recommended they have conversations about with their families, friends, um, course mates about the circumstances they're in and is that kind of usual or not with, with people and having that knowledge and power of understanding your money is kind of really invaluable to it help we can't decide for people what they should get we need them to help us to make those decisions and so the question that I ask is what are you most worried about um, and that's why we help we help with kind of with housing so the kind of rent um, money towards bills, money towards food and travel, because they're the kind of priorities and they're essential basic needs that, that people have. Um, we don't help with course fees, say, um, or any kind of other extravagant expenses, but um, understanding how you fit into a typical student or how how you are managing your money is really important skill, because although we can help to an extent it may or may not solve everybody's problems and them having that recognizing that pattern of behavior is also a important part of the, the work that we're doing so there's a budget calculator on our website that people can use and um, UCAS have a calculator as well which breaks down what the typical spend is for a student in that um, town or city and we just have a link on that on our website so that people know that they can get um, so they can compare their answers with the, the average I guess that's kind of really important as well, isn't it, in terms of um, giving students like the power to take well, take back control of their own finances mm. rather than kind of giving a stopgap, isn't it? It's that education piece yep. around it. Yep. So I guess that kind of leads me on to the, the kind of question around um, is there more that the kind of the institutions, the, the educational institutions can do to kind of help students get off on the right start, kind of keep it, keep them on track through these kind of difficult times? Um. Absolutely. I think there will always be people in society that are richer than others and um, circumstances that people are in through no fault of their own, which meant that they maybe don't have that kind of backup, particularly if you say you're doing a second degree and you have to fund it yourself. Um, but yes, student universities could help promote us. They could help um, promote their hardship because sometimes I speak to students and they don't necessarily know that they could apply to their own university so maybe um, resources in the department or across the campus about about where to go if they're having difficulties particularly with finance and um, there is a wider conversation that I think we would love to collaborate on with the NHS with student finance with some of the other organizations to think about some of the decisions and reasons why people are in this situation that may or may not set them up for a good current industry. Yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to have a conversation with me, I'd be, I would love to continue that. So obviously we kind of kind of covered the financial aspects of the survey, but there's also quite a lot in there around the mental health 
kind of awareness, wasn't there? And I saw an interesting stat of like ninety percent of respondents suffering from burnout. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think's driving that? Is it is there is there something else other than the financial side that's kind of causing these um, mental health sort of issues that they're facing at the moment? I mean, there is a widely established connection between mental health and money management. So, you know, you don't sleep as well if you're worried about money. So they kind of, it causes you stress and anxiety. But then also, if you have mental health issues, you aren't able to manage your money in an effective way. So that is definitely a big part of it. The pandemic obviously didn't help because people were more isolated. They were working remotely. Um, That's had a knock-on effect between kind of the uncertainty about whether what was going to happen because in those early days no one really knew what was going to happen and then now they know that the courses were extended by maybe a term or a few months or maybe a whole year and so that's had a longer term implication for some people. Equally um, it's quite a stressful course, it's a long course, you know I heard people say about how it should be a marathon not a sprint so they've got to kind of sustain that worth ethic, that academic side, that kind of clinical physical side for five years and um, and I think now hopefully people are more able to talk about mental health worries which is great so there is a, an element of people declaring it potentially now where they wouldn't have done if we'd done this say five years ago but it is still a worrying statistic to say that people particularly kind of stress and burnout and people then pushing themselves to that extent and they're not really taking time to look after themselves or acknowledging with themselves or others that there are issues. So yes, we're kind of obviously really worried about that and we want to overemphasize what we can do and what people can do in order to support themselves through their degrees. Yeah, do you think there's, I mean, they kind of mentioned that people are getting better at talking about it, do you think there still might be like an element of like stigma around mm-hmm. mental health, like? the assumption that if you're going into a career in dentistry that everything's going to be fine and you're not going to have difficulties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, people are embarrassed about coming to us to ask for support. Um, so at least we're an independent external organisation that they don't need to tell their friends about if they don't want to. You know, the, the, we will allow them to kind of put them on an even keel again. But equally, dentistry um, and medical professions mean that people feel that they need to be 100% all the time but yet people are human aren't they that you know everyone's got their own issues and um, that kind of element of perfectionism maybe or um, that kind of competitive nature meant that perhaps they don't necessarily want to talk about it but the greatest strength is being able to admit when things aren't going well and ask for help and expressing that kind of vulnerability and I don't think anybody would judge anybody else for for saying that to them if your friend came to you and said I'm I've had problems with this you know you would step up to that and help them so I think the more that we can all do that and emphasize how important it is the better it is for for society as a whole but particularly for people at their early stages of career to learn those techniques to help themselves and others which will allow them to kind of move into that more active working dentist life um, and deal with other kinds of stresses and pressures. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of a good point for the, the BDA Benevolent Fund as well, isn't it? So for people who do find it difficult talking to family and friends about it, at least it's someone that they can speak to that, you know, there's no embarrassment there, is there? Because, you know, you're kind of completely detached from their life in a way, so you can provide that well, that, that listening ear without 
any worries for them. Yeah, and I speak to everybody that applies to us to learn more about their issues and their pressures and how best we can support them because we don't just have a kind of you've applied here's this amount of money criteria. It's what are you most worried about? So for some people, um, it will be their rent. For some people, it'll be travel costs to get to their placement or to go to their family who and maybe their family aren't in a good way in terms of their health. So it would help with that. Equally, um, so it's often just kind of making up the deficit of their income because their loan isn't covering it and people can't, even if they've got support from their family or even if they've got support from the university, still doesn't really bring them out on an even keel. So, um, and so when we have these conversations with people, we remind them about the scenario that they're in and, and why they're in it and how we can help, but also offer them the tips and tools to be able to get out of that and that includes access to mental health and wellbeing support. So we partner with an organisation called Health Assured that um, they've got a 24-7 helpline so people can ring that at any point. They just need to say that they're coming from the BGA Benevolent Fund so that um, they can access the service basically and they get triaged through that but it includes up to six sessions of counselling. They don't need to tell me that that's what they want. And they can do that all um, through the information that's available on our website. Otherwise, Health Assured have an app um, and access to wellbeing resources. So if they wanted to watch the webinar, if they wanted to kind of monitor and track some of their um, health issues, and that's all available, and they can download that on our website using the references and codes that we've got on there as well. So the universities also have um, some support. We suggest they speak to their um, friends, their course tutors or their advisors, supervisors, departments um, or their GP um, if they're struggling. Um, so one point I don't feel like we've kind of covered yet in the podcast but which is a really important point is around the final year for dental students mm-hmm. and it's quite a lot of financial difficulties for them isn't there? Yeah yeah um, so the majority of our applicants come um, from students in their final year and that's because there's specific pressure in that you are funded by the NHS for the most part for, um, in your course for your final year but that doesn't necessarily mean that your funding is the same level that it would have been in previous years so often people find that their income from student finance their loan from England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales um, is is altered to, to take into account the fact that they're getting support from the NHS, but it doesn't meet their previous years. So um, what we try to do is support people with that and maybe make up the difference wherever we can, making sure that they're accessing support from the NHS hardship fund from their university's hardship fund. But what we also want to do is in, make aware of that specific scenario for people in all years. So if you're in your first, second, third year, say, then have that in mind. It, it's not going to solve the problem overall and we'd love to work with people on that about what we can do as an organisation to support students across the full five years but if you know that maybe you've got issues in with funding in your final year then perhaps put some money aside from earlier years, maybe you've worked a bit in between some holidays in your first year and, and kind of bank that because there'll be a gap from when you qualify to starting your foundational vocational training and not getting paid till the end of September, in that time you've probably had to relocate, you've got to pay a kind of rent or deposit in advance, you've got to pay a registration fee and I don't think not necessarily everybody's aware of that and that's quite an issue in terms of cash flow and, and if you haven't got family to help you or um, or anywhere else you can kind of borrow the money from then it can cause some people 
some stress and anxiety and obviously we'll do what we can but the more people are aware of the circumstances that they're in the better they can sort of plan for in the future yeah, absolutely and that's kind of a fundamental part of financial planning isn't it mm-hmm. to get ahead of those issues yep. and try and put the the foundations in place so that they don't reach those fi- that that point where they're facing financial difficulty. Yeah, because that's going to make you more worried as well. And so the more that you're aware of stuff in the future, then it becomes less scary, and then you can kind of plan, and you're not getting stressed about it. It's when it's a kind of an expected expenditure, and it's a lot, and you know that you have to do those things. That's when people kind of panic when they come to us. If they were aware of it earlier on, then it would be less stressful. Yeah, absolutely. So do you feel like there might be kind of like a lack of awareness in terms of, for one, the BDO Benevolent Fund mm. and what they can offer, yep. but just in general in terms of further resources and stuff that they can access to kind of support them through either financial hardship or um, mental health and well-being issues that they might face? Yeah, I mean, obviously um, we do whatever we can to promote the charity, but the more people follow us on our social channels before people search our newsletter, find our website, then there's some resources on there. We've got the budget calculators, as I've mentioned before, but also we have a wellbeing guide for dental teams. Uh, I worked on that with some other organisations and individuals to create this kind of collaborative document that is available for everybody in the dental profession. If you're a dental nurse, um, hygienist, therapist, if you're a student, if you're already qualified, then it's a guide to understand more about the issues that you're facing. Talked about kind of self-care tips at the beginning, but then specific links to resources and organisations that you can approach relate to your problems. So we would recommend that people go to that. It's supportfordentalteams.org.uk, also on our website, also on some other people's websites. And we would encourage people to share that more widely as well, which then would allow them to signpost. If someone comes to you, if they've got a problem, they can say, oh, have you heard about the Benevolent Fund? Have you heard about this guide? And then um, then they can allow, it allows them to kind of pass that information on. They can be a supportive friend and colleague, um, but also means that no one's going without help. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. Yeah, and that's a good point for anyone that might be worried about their friends, mm-hmm. isn't it? Or friends or family. Um, yeah, I guess it's a case of you know, word of mouth is the best best thing. Isn't oh yeah, it? yeah, by far the the most common reason for people coming to us is because someone's told them about it. So we want some people to to remind us that um, that we're there for them. And that's our show for this week. Thank you to Laura and Laura. If you want to find out more about the BDA Benevolent Fund and how it might be able to help you or someone you know, go to BDA Benevolent Fund or one word, .org.uk, where there are also links to their Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn pages. As for us, you can find us at wesleyan.co.uk, on Twitter at Wesleyan, and of course on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. You can also like and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible and Podbean. But that's it for now, so until next time, thanks for listening.